thanks for joining us. Um, today is our week two of our journey with Joshua as we look at um, how Joshua and the people of Israel entered into the promises of God. Um, last week we began with the idea of leaving our wilderness. Now, the problem with our wilderness at times is that it becomes very familiar and even when bad things are in our lives, if they become so familiar, we actually get quite comfortable with them. Um, now, don't put your hand up on this one, but I'll just, this is how I'll prove it. Has anyone ever struggled with a sin that they hate doing, but they keep doing all the time? Um, okay, that's what I'm talking about. There are things that we go, I don't want this, but I can't get out of this. And, and so that's where we sort of find ourselves in the wilderness. And for the Israelites, it was 40 years of walking around, and, and and for some of us, you know, camping for 40 years, that would be great. Camping is good when you get to go with people that you enjoy doing it with. I could imagine there was a few people in that, maybe even a few million in that, that campsite that you didn't want to be around. Oh, all the tribe of Judah again, oh, I wish they'd be able to move them. Like, it wasn't a good thing, and they were looking forward to this time, but... It would have been so easy to go, let's just do one more circuit of the wilderness. Let's just take a few more years before we go into the promised land. Maybe we just need to psych ourselves up a little bit more. Maybe something else just needs to happen before we make that happen. And this is where we find ourselves. We need to make that choice to go, I'm going to move towards where God is calling me and therefore enter into his promises. And so that's where we're going to be picking up really specifically today, looking at some of the old promises and, and, and how they work out in a new reality. Now, there was two brothers who were getting ready to boil some eggs. Um, I can actually see Josh and Archie doing this in the future, so um, just a heads up. Um, and one of them said to the other, I'll give you a dollar if you let me break three eggs of three of these eggs on your head. And, and the younger brother said, you promise? Yeah, I promise. Three eggs on your head and I'll give you a dollar. And the older boy broke two eggs just with joy sort of flowing over his face. And, and suddenly, stiff for fear and, and the gooey mess would get all over him. The little boy asked, when is the third egg coming? He said, it's not. That would cost me a dollar. <laughs> now, are you a good promise keeper? Have you ever broken a promise? Um, and if so, was it a big promise or one of those throwaway promises? So I'd be like... Um, Okay, oh, so I promise I'll pay you that five bucks I owe you tomorrow. And tomorrow comes and goes, and a week comes or goes, and eventually you get around to it, but you didn't do it when you said, but hey, not a big deal. Um, maybe you promised to keep a secret. That's probably a bit big of a deal. Um, we found in our household there are certain children that we don't tell what we're buying for other people, like, because they can't keep their mouths shut. Like, we had some teachers find out at school, I think, I think it might have been, we might have been pregnant with Charlotte and might might have been Caleb, I can't remember, but um, I think it was Noah. One of the other kids came to school and my mum's having a baby and we weren't telling anyone yet. And Noah goes, oh, my mummy is too. And now my my wife works in the school and so all of a sudden the teacher of that class goes, oh, I know something that I'm not meant to know. Not yet anyway. And so sometimes, yeah, some people don't keep promise or keep secrets really well. Um, I promise to be at church on time. Like, that could be a promise that, like, is a, I don't know if it's serious or not. Like, um, um, I promise I will love you forever. When you stand there on your wedding day and you promise to, to love someone, 
you hope that they're taking that promise seriously. Um, now, promises are important, um, and, and we're going to be looking at that idea today. just want to pick up in Joshua um, chapter 1, verses 1 and 2. And after the death of Moses, the Lord's servant, the Lord spoke to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' assistant, and he said, Moses, my servant, is dead. Therefore, the time has come for you to lead these people, the Israelites, across the Jordan into the land I'm giving you. Now, I, I don't know, like sometimes we can, again, I've said this before, I'll probably say it again. Sometimes we read the Bible and we go, okay, a bit of information there and we gloss over it. This is actually a really significant sort of starting point. And in fact, if you really understood it, like you think, God could have, sometimes you think, oh, maybe God should have done a little bit more. But in what he said, there's some really significant things in doing doing this. So after the death of Moses. Now, that is significant because Moses had actually come out of, like, the wilderness and came to Egypt and actually brought on the plagues, brought on everything else through God's help, and then led the people of Israel out of slavery to becoming a nation, becoming a very clearly a holiness-defined nation with the Ten Commandments and led them to the point of the Promised Land where they failed and then led them for the next 40 years. All of a sudden, he's dead. Now, if I'm Joshua, big boots to fill doesn't even come close to what I'm thinking right now. And this is what God says. Moses, my servant, is dead. Okay, you got anything else? Like, got anything else more than that, God? Like, just, it's like a throwaway phrase here. I know he's dead. I know I'm sort of next in line. I know I'm, I'm, I'm a bit worried right now. I know this is a significant moment, and you're kind of just stating a simple fact. But in doing that, what he's actually saying is that the time has come for you and Joshua's thinking, I've got to do work really hard on doing this and, and building myself up. And But then when you look through that verse, it says, for you to lead the people across the Jordan River into the land that I am giving you. I, being God, am giving you, Joshua, and giving the people of Israel. I'm doing that. So even though you are entering into a huge task, it is one that I've called you to. It is a one that I've actually gone back and I've promised right back to Abraham, all the way up to Moses, and now I'm making the same promise to you. And again, seeing what I've done with Moses, you know that I can do this. I am going to give you this land. So all of a sudden, Joshua is realizing that, okay, Moses may not have had to do things in his own strength. He did them in God's strength. And right now, God is promising the same to me. And what we need to realize is that God's promises, they don't fail. That's where I want to start today before we get into a few other things. God's promises don't fail. Again, when you look back throughout the Bible, you actually see time and again that God's promises come true. And then if you look at your own life, you see that Time and again, when you've trusted God and you go, oh, God has come through, God has provided, God has found a way through that situation, God has shown his love, God has shown his mercy, God has forgiven me again, even when I've messed up. God's promises don't fail me. And yet when we come to the next struggle, we go, I don't know if I can trust God right now. Anyone ever come to that point where you're going, this next challenge seems too big for God? No, it's too big for you. It's not too big for God. We're just not putting our trust where our trust needs to be. 
So for Joshua, what he's realizing is Moses is gone. God just reminded him very matter-of-factly, yep, Moses is dead. And Moses had done all the big things. Moses was present. So for Joshua, he's going, oh, I have to be like Moses. I have to be Moses. And Moses is gone. How is this going to happen? And then God says, it's your time, Joshua. It's not up to Moses. It's not up to you. Joshua, it is up to me. God is saying, it's not you. You're going to journey through this, but I'm going to be the one who does the delivering. And so this is what we need to realize. God's promises are dependent on him. Has anyone ever tried to, like, like Abraham and many other characters in the Bible, have actually tried to help God in achieving his promises? God, God wants this to happen. So God, I'm going to give you a bit of help because it looks like you need it. Like that's, that's, we don't think that, but that's really what we're getting to. We're going, if I have to help God out, God needs my help. Super Keith into, super spiritual Keith in here to help God. But God doesn't need us. Abraham tried. He ended up having a, a, a son with, with his servant and, and all of a sudden that actually created more problems. It wasn't part of God's plan and God had a plan. It was just going to look super miraculous. And Abraham's going, well, we're not into super miraculous. We just want everyday ordinary and that's why I'm going to try and fix it myself. We can get to that point where we, we don't truly believe that God's promises are going to come true. They're going to fail us and so we'll help him out a bit. And so we need to realize God's promises are dependent on him. And today I want to look at six promises. Six promises that are given to Joshua and they weren't new promises, which is, that's one of the things we need to realize. They weren't new. They weren't brand new promises for Joshua, but he's received them. And what we need to realize are those same promises that weren't new for Joshua, they're not new for us either. They're there for us to claim also. So here's the first of the the six promises. It's God's promise of provision. God's promise of provision. Um, Joshua 1, 3 says, I promise you what I promised Moses. Wherever you set foot, you will be on land I have given you. Wherever you set foot, you'll be on land that I've given you. So God is basically saying, I'm going to give to you everywhere you go. Which means God is actually calling Joshua to be obedient. I want you to walk in the steps I have for you. But when you're obedient to me and you actually walk into those places, I'm going to give you that land. And again, he's not saying, and I'm going to make you work for it, Joshua. I'm not saying, Joshua, you've got to earn this. No, he says, I'm going to give this to you. And so it's a promise of provision to us. Now, in saying that, it's not saying that this promise is, is going to be without struggle. Um, because what we need to realize is that there was going to be challenges along the way, but God was going to give this to them. In fact, God, what God was over, and we're going to see this in coming weeks, God was providing opportunity for the Israelites, this new generation of Israelites, to grow again in faith, to see God at work. We're going to look at Jericho. We're going to look at other things where, do you know what? Those things don't make sense. God, there's easier ways of doing that. Like, just make us as strong as Superman and we can knock those walls down. And, but all of a sudden, when we do that, we actually think we're great. And God wanted to show them how, how super he was. And so this promise of provision, what Joshua came to realize is that if I'm obedient, God's going to give this land to me. It is not Moses dependent. All of a sudden, God says, 
I promise you what I promised Moses. So Moses was doing okay because of me. So Joshua, you're going to be okay because of me. Wherever you set foot, I'm going to give that land to you and to the Israelites. You don't need to be Moses. You don't need... And the thing is, what we really need to realize with this idea of God promising provision for us, we don't need to be a Moses. Anyone ever felt like sometimes we need to be one of those super characters from the Bible? Now, one, two things. First thing, some of the super characters from the Bible, they're not that super if you actually look at their lives. Like, they're not. Like, we look at some of these people that we celebrate. Moses killed a person like... Um, he was frustrated with the people, um, didn't really want to go and do what God wanted him to do to begin with. Um, we look at Abraham, oh, there's faults there galore. David, we looked at that, there was definitely faults there. Look at Paul, kind of made a hobby of killing Christians. Like there, there are things that are there that, that we look at and we go, oh, I wish I could just be like that. No, no. Again, because it's God providing... What we need to realize, we don't need to be a Moses. We don't even need to be a Joshua. We need to be who God calls us to do and let him provide for us and to realize that promise for us. Second promise is God's promise of power. Joshua 1.5 No one will be able to stand against you as long as you live, for I'll be with you as I was with Moses. I will not fail you or abandon you. Now, God seems to be trying to repeat a few things here. And this happens a lot in this chapter. I'm going to make a point on that in a second. But, but the thing is, this is what God was basically saying to Joshua. You've got this because I've got this. You've got this because I've got this. This is what, what God is wanting to say to us as well. Hey, you've got that big mountain in front of you right now. You've got this because I've got this. Walk with me. We may still have to climb the mountain, but I've got this and you've just got to walk in my strength. Each day we get up, each challenge we face, each unknown God calls us into, we need to realize that he's got this. So we've got this. Has anyone, and yeah, feel free to put it, is anyone facing a challenge right now? You go, I don't know how I'm going to get through this. Are you, are you going, I don't know how I'm going to get through this. This is what you need to tell yourself. I've got this because God's got this. God is going in front of me on this. And he might take you a... The way he solves it may be not how you see it being solved, but you've got this because God's got this. But there's actually a second promise we find in this verse that would have been highly significant for Joshua, and it is for us as well. Because we we read that second part, for I will be with you as I was with Moses. And what we see in that is God's promise of presence. See, God's presence had been seen with Moses. In fact, when he came down with the Ten Commandments, he had been so close to God, they actually said, put something over your face, you're glowing too bright. You're making us feel uncomfortable. We can't look at you. We're feeling a bit ashamed because God's presence was with Moses. And when God, when the cloud was, and the pillar of fire, pillar of cloud, it would come and settle down over the tabernacle and God would go in, and Moses would go in and speak with God. Who knows where Joshua was during those times? He was at the, at the door of the tent of the tabernacle. He was as close as he could be to the presence of God because he realized, hey, this is significant. He realized that. So he, he sought out God's presence as much as he could at that point in time. But all of a sudden, what God is saying here is that 
I'm going to be with you the same way as I was with Moses. All those things that Moses achieved through all that time in the wilderness, that was because of me and I'm going to be with you now. The same things that can happen with me. And do you know, you are promised that same presence. Again, don't, don't sort of go, well, that was Moses, that was Joshua, that's not me. God says that presence is available for us. Each one of us, right now, it's, it's available for us. We can enter in that presence. It's because of God's mercy and grace that we can actually enter into God's presence fully and wholly. And God says, hey, well done, my child. Thank you for accepting what I have for you. And so all those times when we feel uncertain, all those times when we feel, I don't know what I'm meant to do right now, we can enter God's presence and we can know his peace. We can know his arms wrapped around us saying, hey, I've got this. So you've got this. And so are you someone who needs to take God up on this promise of his presence in your life? Next promise is God's promise of purpose. Joshua 1, six. Be strong and courageous, for you are the one who will lead these people to possess all the land I swore to their ancestors I would give them. So first point, just a bit of a sidebar. Be strong and courageous. How many times have you used that phrase in this chapter? I thought Archie was putting his hand up. Josh was putting his hand up for a second there, but um, how many times? Three, three times. Um, it's in verse um, verse six, eight, and nine. So it may be said in different ways. So, so yeah, but the, the phrase be strong and courageous um, is, is, is in there three times. And the thing is, in looking in that, what we need to say any time um, God repeats himself, it's actually a really important thing. And the third time, and we'll get to that in a second, verse 9, it says, I've commanded you, this is a command now, be strong and courageous. Like, just in case you didn't get it the first two times, sort of listen up now, I'm telling you, you have to do this. So God's trying to make a point of that. So that's the sidebar, we'll pick up that. But it, and it says, for you are the one who will lead these people to possess all the land I swore to their ancestors. I will give. You, Joshua, I've got a plan for your life, is what God was saying. I have a job for you, Joshua, that you, I'm calling you to. Um, I have a reason for your day today. I have a purpose for your life and I want you to walk in that purpose. To see it through. Now, what about you in that? God actually has promised for you a purpose for your life. And, and this is the thing. It goes from, I've heard some of our, our older people say, I'm not sure what God wants me to do. I don't think God can use me for anything now. That, that's not what God is saying. Again, while you have breath that is given to you by God, God has a purpose for your life. It may change to what it was before. You might need to rediscover that purpose, but God's got a purpose for you. You might go, you know what? I'm a teenager. I'm, I'm here because mum and dad brought me here. I want you to hear this. God has a purpose for your life. And it's not a purpose just for the future. It is a purpose for just now. And too often what we do, we fail to realize that so we don't walk in that purpose. We don't achieve what God wants us to do. Sometimes we go, we know God has a purpose and we're happy talking about it, but we don't want to be obedient in it. 
It's like Joshua sitting around with all his mates going to, to like just hang out and watch a movie night and the Israelite camp going, oh, God's got a purpose for us to go take the promised land. We'll get around to it. But isn't it exciting? He's looking, look at the purpose he has for me, but I'm not going to do anything about it. Are you at a point where when it comes to you, do you feel lost when it comes to your why? When you go to work, I'm not sure why I'm doing this. When you open your eyes in the morning, I'm not sure why I'm doing that. Like, I want to keep them shut. And the thing is, God's purpose for our life gives meaning to some of the insignificant things in our life or what we feel is insignificant. From looking after our kids, feeding them, putting up with all, everything that having a child has. It could be being older and and going, you know what, I've got to put up with aches and pains that I didn't have even yesterday. And that's how we sort of know it's a new day. I've got a new ache and pain. Like it's, it's, I'm going, but you know what, God may have a purpose for you in that. It may be, you may end up being a source of encouragement for people. You may be going or have gone through horrible times. And this is the thing, because God loves us, he doesn't waste an experience that we go through. And God has a purpose for you to use that. God, God's promise of purpose is there for us. But we also, coming to our second last promise, God's promise of providence. That God would, it's more than supply, that God would help us to achieve what he wants us to achieve. Joshua 1.7, be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the instructions Moses gave you. Do not deviate from them, turning either to the right or to the left, or if it's you're looking at me, right to the left. Um, then you will be successful in everything you do. God is actually saying, Joshua, if you want to succeed in life, you need to know where I'm leading you. To know where I'm leading you, you need to know my words for you. And so at that point in time, they had the first five books of the Bible. So Joshua only had to read five books at the time. So God says, we've got the whole Bible. He wants us to read all of it. Joshua only had five to read. And he was present for a lot of it. So, um, but the thing is, God says, I want you to be familiar with this. I want you to know it. Because they, when you know it, all of a sudden you walk in obedience. And as, as we walk in obedience as Christians, that's when we walk into godly success. Now, godly success may look like failure. Okay, just stay with me on that. Because sometimes... We, we, because we're obedient to God, it doesn't achieve. We think, oh, because I do this, God will bless me with abundant whatever. Abundant people, abundant money, abundant things, abundant whatever. And it doesn't happen. But if we are obedient, God looks at us and saying, you are being successful as a disciple, as a follower, as a Christian. Jeremiah is a great example of that. Jeremiah faithfully Preach God's word in obedience to God for 40 years. Guess how big his church was at the end of that time? Zero. People didn't listen to him. Was he successful? Like by our church, church management sort of seminars, he would be a failure. Today we're inviting Jeremiah to talk about how he failed at building a church. But no, no, no. He was successful because he did exactly what God wanted him to do. Now, again, being obedient to God will bring about other things into our lives. When we take 
take the things that enslave us and actually give them over to God. It gives us freedom in our lives. And all of a sudden, we have freedom to be holy, freedom to, to love more, freedom to show more grace, freedom to forgive others. And all of a sudden, we're not bound up in that. That's God's providence to us. And again, some of us go, you know, we're going to choose the wilderness on that still. I'm going to choose to be unforgiving. I'm going to be choose who I show grace to. I'm going to choose to, to be legalistic in my holiness. I'll be good, but not transformed. No, no, let's, let's walk into that providence. Now, you know how I was talking about when God repeats stuff, he's trying to tell us something? This is not in the, in the slides, but we have one seven. It says, it says, be careful to obey all the instructions of Moses. Don't, don't deviate. Then we actually have Joshua one eight. And it says this, study this book of instruction continually. Meditate on it day and night, so you will be sure to obey everything that is written in it. Only then you will prosper and succeed in all you do. Does that sound like the same verse written in another way? So God is basically saying, firstly to Joshua, Joshua, I'm just making sure you get this. Because you know how some of us are like, this is a little bit slow. Maybe he thought that for Joshua. But this is also written for us. So for all of us who are a bit slow at times and don't get it the first time, God is saying a second time, the word of God I give to you is of so much benefit. Study it, meditate on it, obey everything that is written in it, and then you will prosper and succeed. I've just said that twice to you. God has said that. And he wants us to take it on. All right, we come to our last promise, God's promise of protection. Joshua 1.9, this is my command. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Yeah, we talk about God is now commanding Joshua. I want you to be strong and courageous. Why? Because I am God. I don't want you to be strong and courageous because you are super warrior Joshua. I don't want you to be strong and courageous because you've got like a super outfit that you can wear, whatever. I, I don't want you to be strong and courageous because you just got to believe you can and, and it's all inside of you. No, no. I want you to be strong and courageous. I'm commanding you to be strong and courageous because I am the God who is leading you. It actually picks that up again. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. So what's your source of strength? What is your source of courage? It is a God who has promised to be present in your life. The God who has promised to bring you um, power. The God who has promised to bring you providence. The God who has promised to bring you purpose. The God who has promised to provide for you. The God whose promises don't fail is a God who is telling you, don't be afraid. Be courageous. And follow in the plan that I have for you. And know this, when you walk in the plan that I have for you, I will be right there with you. Right there. Not a phone call away. Not like, okay, you've got to make an appointment with Optus or, or Centrelink or whatever else and we get back to you in a few weeks. I am going to be right there with you. When the enemy throws something at you, it's going to hit me. That's how close he's going to be. When you are worried about something that God is fully aware of it and goes, hey, remember, you've got this because I've got this. It doesn't take away the length of the journey. The, the, the land of, of Canaan was not conquered overnight. It was years that it took to, to journey through this, but God was taking him through that journey 
And God says, I'm going to give this land to you. So these are the old promises that were given to Joshua. These are the old promises that were given to us. The thing is, we can talk about it. We can know about it up here. But if we don't walk in it, one, we don't get to where God wants us to be. That's as plain and simple. But two, we don't get to experience God's fullness that he has for us. His promises become an answer and a quiz rather than something that, hey, I've seen it in my life here and I've seen it in my life there and I've seen it in my family here and God, you've done it again and again and again. And all of a sudden, our faith grows to such a point that like, we just walk and, and walk with God because why? It makes logical sense to do the impossible because God is going in front of me. I heard years ago, um, if God calls me to, to jump through a brick wall, it's my job to jump. It's his job to remove the wall. But the thing is, like, that's the thing. God may call us to do things that look impossible. The book of Joshua is there. Like, we're going to be talking about that in about three weeks' time. But the thing is, don't hold back from experiencing the promises of God. If we want to move from the wilderness into the promised land, we've got to walk into it. And there's the six promises today that God has given to Joshua, that God has given to us, and they are ready for us to claim them. They may not be defined the way that we want them defined. I, I get that. But they are there. They are real because we have a God whose promises don't fail. Lord, I thank you that you are the God who you say you are. You are the God who never lets us down, never forsakes us, never um, is unable to face the challenges in front of us. You are God who provides for us. You are God who helps us achieve the things that you want to do in our lives. You are God who provides power when we are weak and gives us strength. And you are the God who protects us every step of the way. And that is why you save to us you command each one of us to not be afraid, to be strong and courageous because you are with us wherever we go. Well, I pray this week we would realize the truth of these promises to us, that we would see them at work in our lives and we would praise you for it. I pray that we would enter new land in our life that you are calling us to take hold of. And we do so in the promises that you have given us. I thank you that we can be exactly like Joshua in this and receive all the things that you have because it is because of you that we've got this. And so, Lord, help us to see your promises alive in our lives this week. We pray this in your name. Amen. Amen. 